sell sneakers to Drake. Yeah, I remember he came to the store. He was by himself. I brought him across the street, pulled out some gems for him. Next time he came back, it was like two security guards. Next time he came back, I had to close the store for him. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What would these loan sharks do? How would they intimidate people? I remember the ice cream guy, he borrowed some money and he was on crutches for a while. The ice cream guy? Yeah, I swear to God. The guy's name was Mr. Handlebar. <laughs> I swear to God. I remember a while ago. It was about a hundred grand. Yeah, well. Maybe more. Point I'm trying to make is for years, I remember even people saying, Pete, you had some money. You blew your chance. Like, it's over. For years, I wore that on my heart. For years, I was like, holy shit, I'm a fuck up. I messed up. I had an opportunity. No. Use it as a lesson. Now when I go make another hundred. What's up guys? Today we have an amazing episode with a podcasting legend, an OG in the game, and his name is Premium Pete. You probably know him from his early appearances on Flagrant 2 and The Brilliant Idiots. He's worked with rappers, producers, sold sneakers to Drake back in the day, and just has so many cool stories. He truly cares about art and about creating, and this conversation really filled me up and made me feel good, so I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Without further ado, enjoy Premium Pete. Welcome to camp. First of all, this is a beautiful uh, set, man. Yeah, I mean, bro. even just the lights, the tile, the ceiling. I'll tell you, man. That that's respect to Schultz, man. That this is uh, this is the flagrant set that, well, that that he lets me rework for uh, for this show. God bless to Andrew Schultz. Yeah, of course, the legend and the guy that uh, that connected us. Of course, of course, and that's and and that's what life is all about. And we'll get to it. Obviously, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. Um, but relationships, like a lot of people don't understand how important relationships are. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not saying, like, look, we've spoken before. I'm being honest. Like, you come off, you got good energy. Um, you know, Schultz connected us. I, if you were to reach out, we would have made it happen. But by him putting that out there like that, it's like, you know, made me, like, even like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, it's family. But Schultz. you've always been the homie. Like, ever since, course, ever since I started fucking with Schultz, you were... Uh, you were one of the first people, one of the first ever blue checks that just like reached out, like, "Yo, man, <laughs> well, on keep Twitter, it up. I'm not a blue check no more. Anybody <laughs> yeah. who's on Twitter who had a yeah. blue check, Elon you, snatched it from you, snatched it from me. Yeah. I'm not paying monthly. You're not re up. You're not re up. No, no, there's no need. You know, I don't want to bounce all around, but you take it wherever you want to go. But you know, look, I appreciate the fact, even years ago, like getting verified. Um, you know. But I've had grown men, like I had people reach out to me, like kind of like just so focused on getting a blue check. And I'm just being honest with you. Like you can have mine. <laughs> like I, 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 you know, a lot of times I just feel like growing up and we'll get to it the way I grew up in New York. And I don't want to sound funny, but like, you know, it was like Instagram, right? Where people knew, oh, that's what's his name over there. Or it was like a show or yeah. from this neighborhood. He's from that. And we grew up like kind of knowing each other, like yeah. kind of being on Instagram. You, had the, you had the blue check in life. Yeah, that's that, what it was. That's why I you think don't, that was important. That's why you don't need it on the internet. Yeah. So, so, but people, people, you know, really, you know, feel like that solidifies them, you know. And I get it because, to be honest with you, sometimes you'll meet strangers, and I even get this. They're like, "Oh, I love the way you would drop it. You on Instagram or something?" And I'll tell, them, "Oh shit, verified!" Like you know, like and it's like. They right away think, yeah. you know, content and creation. You know, you talked about Andrew. Think about everything he, he's created, right? People probably think he never has a worry in the world or mm -hmm. he's doing well, right? Even, you know, even somebody like you to say a younger creator may be like, oh, this guy is like doing comedies, I'm flagrant. And also adding your value, right? You know what I mean? I'm sure um, I know how shows go. I'm sure you were able to get a guest. Mm -hmm. Right to to help the cause, right? Yep, absolutely. Not only Andrew Schultz, just like back in the day with Combat Jack show, or even my show. I had a friend like, yo, you know what's his name? 
I got to get them on your show. And, and again, it goes back to where we started off, where relationships are the real currency. Yeah. But it also matters what you do afterwards. So, for instance, Andrew Schultz says, yo, go on my man Mark's podcast. Of course. Right. And then also I come here and I'm like, fucking, you're not here or you're whatever. Or you're like kind of like, like jerk me around. I'm like, yo, Schultz, do me a favor, motherfucker. <laughs> Don't ever fucking introduce me to somebody like that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is relationships are everything. Mm-hmm. But once you get through the door. You got to be able to hold your own. And, and I'm telling you, there's a power in, in staying connected to people. A lot of people, I feel like, uh, are afraid to, uh, you know, well, I don't want to bother him or I don't want to hit him up. And I used to think I'll hit that person up when I have, say, a sponsorship for him or something that makes sense for yeah, him. Something I can offer value. And that's cool. But don't be afraid just to say, hey, what's up? Hope yeah. all is well. And don't be afraid to know your value, mm-hmm. right? Like you can meet somebody who is a bona fide, say, legendary actor, whoever. Don't ever think that what you do don't bring value. Having platforms, creating platforms, mm-hmm. uh, having an audience that li- that listens, right? You know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'll meet people in this new day and age. And when I say new day and age, meaning people who are creating this is what I was going back to before, where people could be creating and popular, have a blue check, but not be able to make any money. Yeah. You know how many people I know that are popular, that are broke? Yeah, it's wild, right? It's a right? fucking weird it's thing. It's crazy, especially all these kids like popping on TikTok yeah. and stuff. You see like rappers, musicians, they got all these followers, all these all these listens and all their songs, but they can't sell tickets. Yeah. Or they're not connecting with their yeah. audience in a legitimate way. You know, that's why even you talk about like micro-influencers and whatever the fucking word means. But the point I'm making is a lot of these micro, you know, guys and girls or whoever, they're actually doing better, meaning the reach, than better than some people who have bigger audiences. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, A diehard 30K? Yeah. Bro, that's amazing. I'll, I'll, take, that, I'll yeah. take that over, like, a wishy-washy million. Yeah. Are you crazy? Like, in terms of just really building an audience, because my whole point with this show, like, that's why we got the campfire. Like, I think this is the most human way to connect with people. Like I, what our ancestors have been doing for millions of years is sitting around a fire talking, connecting as human beings. If this show got zero views, it would still be worth it to me to do it in order to connect with people like you. Yeah. Well, first off, I, I watch the show. I admire it. Um, and I think anytime you put out information that can help people, mm-hmm. that could be inspirational. Yeah. You know, I think that even though we say there's a lot of kids that say are popular but broke, there's also a lot of kids. And I want to say, I got to stop saying kids. What I mean is a lot of people who uh, also um, have great content, mm-hmm. right? That will eventually get it monetized if they work with the right people, stay focused, connected. But the point I'm making is you can't compare. Yeah. You know, people will come out and do a show and compare to say flagrant. Mm-hmm. Or people will compare and say, well, we're not doing the drink champ numbers. Well, they've been doing it for fucking six years, seven years. Yes. Why are you comparing? Yeah, I mean, you're. I, that's what I like about having you here is that you are an OG in the podcast game. Yeah. Like, you've been podcasting since... Probably on two, 2010, maybe 2010. I mean, yeah, insane. 13, yeah, 13, 14 years. Back then, like, what was, what even was podcasting? When you started, I mean, it was internet radio. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times it would be internet radio. It's so funny that people couldn't understand podcasting. Right. It you seems know? like such an easy leap, it's, especially now. Yeah. In it's, hindsight, it's like so clear. Exactly. Because it's radio when you want it. Yeah. Right. You know, because think about this, right? And where'd you grow up? I grew up in Florida. Orlando. Okay, Florida. So think about this. Your friend says, yo, Mark, I heard, what's his name, shouting you out on the radio this morning, but you were fucking sleeping. I never saw it. Or never heard it. Mm-mm. So the point I'm making is now that program in Florida 
on 90 whatever you know 2.7 yeah okay home of florida's craziest fuckery <laughs> they now have a podcast yes and now you go back and you check it out mm-hmm. you know how many times i have like when you're dialed and you know how many times i have people like yo what's the names we're talking about you 1353 here's the link and i'll send it i'll go there and they're like yo premium piece of dick or i'm making this up yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm drunk but they'll just maybe they were talking about me and somebody i don't even know a fan of or or a person that has been you know rocking with me for so many years may say that so there's meaningful stuff on platforms um so when you say zero views i respect that because eventually people will catch on you know it's funny because like you do comedy right you Mm -hmm. do flagrant and this is totally like left field yes um but it's 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 warranted it's needed Mm -hmm. um you know when i was coming up you know i mean fuck it you know it's like weird i don't always talk about age but I'm 47, and and when I was coming up, I always hung out with 10 year older kids. So I, when I hung, when, you know, I was 13, hanging out with 20 year olds, 23 year olds. I feel like that's more normal in New York. Like I feel it, like it was. people are just like, especially in Coney Island, like yeah. people are just out. If you're well, outside, every, everyone's everywhere, outside. Everywhere at that time too, in the 90s or you know the 80s. Um, you know, my parents were type of people. If I was hanging out with an older person or my older cousin, um, which cousins, to be honest with you are our first real best friends. Yeah. You know, and then like you become older, you become like a deadbeat cousin. Like I don't really <laughs> talk to them anymore. But yeah. my mother and father, my older cousin, you know, girl and guy, if I was hanging out with them, say no more. Yeah, Meanwhile, true. they were fucking terrible. They yeah. were smoking joints. They were fucking, they, you know, it, turning me on to things that probably I shouldn't have been at that age. Yeah. But, are uh, your parents from New York or they're Italian? You know, yeah, you know, so my grandparents come from Italy, but my parents are from here. They were born here. You know, my grandmother died, um, you know, one of my grandmothers lived to 98. She died three years ago. Mm. She's the reason why I created that sauce. We'll get to that. Oh, I got to grab that. Yeah, yeah, We got to take that off. So yeah, she's yeah. the reason why, you know, I even, you know, just the years of, the years of family. Like, you, you know, I think off air we we're talking about funerals. We we're yep. talking about, right? And I, and I wanted to commemorate, like, how do you, how do you get past you know, we don't prepare for losing people. We don't prepare for grief, right? And there's no booklet and there's no manual. So so how, how do you go through this, right? Without and, and the typical funeral is so sad, man. You just sit there and you cry. And I don't want that. Like, I'm saying this even right, on, right here on camp. Like, you know, when I pass away, like, first of all, you better write a good fucking caption on your Instagram <laughs> and have a decent picture. But I want people up there just talking about maybe some, some good moments. You want to be a party? Not so, no, yeah, like that party music. I want some praise and worship. Yeah. But I want people to come up there and just talk about good moments they had with me. Are you afraid of dying? You know, I'm afraid that we don't know when. You know, I saw somebody put out the other day that there's like um, there's like a ticker and we act like it's not, right? Mm-hmm. And you think about that. It expires on people at 21, 10, 81. Mm-hmm. You don't know, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, I will say for years, I was afraid to talk about dying because I give example, when we did the Combat Jack show, one of our co-hosts, the legendary Just Blaze. And, you know, at that time, I felt like besides him and say Combat, like they had their shit together. You know, maybe like you and Flavor. I'm not saying you don't have your shit together, but like, go. Oh, I had like overdrafted and like Just Blaze came from a helicopter yeah. to like be at the show. Like he's Crazy. like, yeah, he's like 10 minutes away. Meanwhile, I like overdrafted, <laughs> you know, like, so Just Blaze, we're talking about writing a will. And I said, nah, I don't want to write a will. 
Cause that, and, and he goes, why not? I'm like, that's like preparing to die. Yeah, He's yeah. like, well, you are. And when he said that, I was like, fuck, you're right. So I went out and, uh, you know, started my will for my kids, you know, just for my kids to have whatever I have, um, you know, and I hope more, you know, but there, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of dying um, because I've been through so many things in life. Yeah. You, you know, that you knocked were, me down, yeah. you know, and, and it's hard to come back. Yeah. And, Someone pointed this out to me. They're like, we celebrate our birthday every year. We go around 365 yeah. days, sometimes, you know, a day more and we pass our birthday every year, but we also have a death day. Yeah. What, the day that we're going to die is one of the days on the calendar. And we pass by it without knowing. It might be ten, 10 years away, it might be 50 years away, but that day passes by. And when you're thinking about that, like, oh yeah, there's going to be an end date on my... On my life. On my life. And that day is, is happening. You know, we're going to cross it. The scary thing is not knowing. Yeah. You know, and I want to I wanna, I wanna go deeper in that. Meaning like, you know, I don't know, maybe I didn't make my bed today. And I ran out of the house, mm-hmm. you know, and knock on wood and everything over here in camp. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna make it home. But what I'm saying is, how do you know? Yeah. And how do you, you know, I've, I've heard so many stories, friends like going to their parents' house, their father's house the next day, you know, after they passed away. I mean, that's a terrible feeling. And then again, I want to say like marriage, like being a parent, um, like life, there truly is no book of the manual. You know, it's like you have to, you can listen to people and everybody, there's different strokes for different folks. You know, like I grew up, my parents, like they always were yelling. Oh, really? Always yelling. Like they were loud, but yelling. It always hitting. Like loving, like lovingly loving, yelling. But like, what's the matter with you? You're an yeah, asshole. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, okay. Bro, it's so funny, like you know? how that happens. That's such a New York thing. Like, yeah, it's like true, no patience. Like bro, no patience my, at all. My wife now works with uh, with Jews in New York, Hasidic Jews. Nice, nice. And so she does, she's a midwife. And she like literally delivers. Yeah, they have to pass, don't they? Have Hasidic to pass? Jewish babies yeah. every day. Yeah. And she's becoming more New York Jewish. We grew up in Orlando together. We grew up in the same zip code. And the other day we're like talking, kind of like, just like talking, just like regular stuff. And then she starts being like, yeah, if you want to go, just go. But if you don't want to go, then don't go. And I was like, why are you yelling at me? She's like, I'm not yelling. This is just how we talk. I was yeah. like, what do you mean we? I'm from Florida. You're from Florida too. And she's like, no, this is how the people in my work talk. Like, if you want to go, then go. But she's like doing that same thing. And it's so funny seeing how like the New York culture, like that sure, kind of sure. like, uh, like uh, you don't have time. Like you're not yelling because you're angry. You're yelling because it's like, what are we doing? It's yeah. It's part of the also the impatient uh, world. And my you know my my parents both grew up in it. You know, and and you know it was to be honest with you, it's not how I raised my kids. Oh really? You know, when I was getting older, I was about my daughter's 23 now, which is crazy. And when she was about 14, I went to an open school night. Uh, I went by myself. I came back to the house. She came in the car. And I started telling her, hey, listen, I spoke to your science teacher. What the fuck is going on? You're not doing the homework. You're doing this. What's come on? I don't understand what's going on here. And she literally like just closed up. It was like closed up. Mm. And, and you know, it taught me. I was like, holy shit, I have to change my style mm. and my delivery. Yep. So I guess what I'm saying is for anybody listening or watching, um, take some good things that your parent gave you. Um, and then the ones that weren't so good, leave them. Yeah. But it's hard to know, right? Yeah. Like that when you're, when you're born in it, like I've heard people say this where they're like, 
you you desire the love your parents gave you even if it's a toxic love yeah and so that's why you see people in all these like fucked up relationships because it's like i'm trying to seek out and emulate the love that my dad gave me and he was aggressive and he was angry and he was cheating on my mom whatever like whatever that thing is that that person has and then they seek that in a partner yeah. and then they raise their kids with that same ethos because yeah. they're you're born in it like you you can't ask a fish what water is yeah no exactly i mean you know that's I mean? a perfect point do you smoke very rarely okay if i'm not in the right setting i got to be in my apartment watching a movie with my girl eating pizza on the couch i can't be just out in the out in the street perfectly put i don't understand you know a lot of times i like these um dinners that people do but yeah i gotta you know some of them are really amazing but i don't want to be i never like i'll give an example the way i grew up in brooklyn if we got drunk or high or fucked up, you might wake up with your eyebrows shaved off. <laughs> just, it just might happen like that. Yeah. So I was taught to not be sloppy. Mm-hmm. So for many years when I, you know, I stopped smoking, I stopped doing drugs at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Think about what I'm saying. Never did it again. Never did anything again. Um, but I did drink wine. I loved wine for so many years. True I still Italian. love wine. You are a true Italian, yeah. bro. I loved it because I'll give you an example. A lot of people say red wine makes them sleepy. It makes me smooth, mm. right? So if you drink enough, like nothing too crazy, you get a little warmth in your heart, right? And it gives you that smoothness where you, I mean, listen, I mean, fuck, I'll pick up anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like after a glass of wine, you know, or I'll say some amazing kind of stuff that I really enjoy. So so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is I never wanted to be kind of like out of my place. Yeah. I never wanted to be like kind uh, of yeah, like, out of control. I that's didn't know the, what was going yeah, on. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. So and, I didn't and want that, that. That's bad for you because you feel shitty because you're out of control. Yeah. And it's also bad for everyone else because then they got to take care of your drunk ass. Yeah. Well, also, you know, keep in mind, you're building something, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, you're building something with your, with your own show. You're building with flagrant. You're yep. building with your comedy. So say you're out and people are like, yo, Mark, like I fuck with you. And you're like, hmm. you, don't, you, don't, you don't even know. Like, Bro, that's what I'm saying. Like I can, I can only smoke if I got like a 16 hour runway. Yeah. Like I got nothing to do the next day. That's and there's very few days that I got nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I got, like, cause the next day I'm just out of it. Like it's, it's bad. Even with alcohol. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have fun tonight and then wake up at 12 tomorrow. But that's four hours. I could have worked out. I have all this shit I got to do. And then I feel worse the next day for getting my schedule off and then it fucks me up for the whole week i mean look so if, if something don't if something don't uh work well with you i will say too much of anything is no good so you yeah know, that's true you know so it's like you know i feel like uh cannabis um i still feel weird you know I, there's a dispensary right by me in jersey and i went in there i, I didn't even have a medical card to just show my lights i went in there it was like fucking cvs <laughs> You know, they were like, we got two for 50. We got, this one's on sale. You can buy three of these. You get two free. I'm like, bro, how weird is that? Whoa. Like you gone to the spots in LA, like MedMen or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. an Apple store. Yeah, cookies. Well, you know, I'm yeah. friends, you know, it's been amazing to see what Burn and my friend Steve Labelle and all those guys involved in cookies have been able to do. Um, but, but what I'm saying is like, I went in there and it's like, I walked out and I felt bad. Felt I felt bad. bad because I was like, yo, in some in some places right now, someone's in jail for oh for a week. Oh my God, bro. The stupidest thing ever. That you know? people are in jail for like... Like you can't... That's another thing. I don't want to get into the whole government shit, but you can't tax the fuck out of something while you have people sitting still because of it. Yeah. You know, I think that um, if you're saying, hey, this is a plant and this is not a drug, then you need to release those drug charges on everybody that is in jail. Now... People don't even understand how many people are still in jail for cannabis. Yeah, it's insane. I so, mean, it's interesting to me that you stopped 
smoking when you were 18? 18 because years how, old. how old were you got when you got jammed up? Uh, a couple of times. Well, I got jammed up early, but when I went away, I was probably like 27, maybe. 20. And that was that was for just weed? For you know, just Well, that was like kind of like wanting to, well, possession and intent to sell, mm-hmm. you know. But it was just weed, never like coke or anything. Weed, you know, maybe some other stuff, but nothing crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was, how much did you have? Probably I had like, you know, a good amount where I got tr- in trouble twice. Mm-hmm. So th- then you had to like take that charge. And what was your deal? You were just like on the corner, just like selling people in the neighborhood? No, no, no. We were more organized, you know, had like a, a phone or a beeper. And, you know, at that time, I don't know if we went into this, but at that time I wanted to uh, make some quick bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout my whole life, I'll be honest with you, I tried so many things in my world. I swear to you. Yeah, you've lived a million lives. You no, know, I, I swear to you, I worked in Wall Street for many years. I was trading commodities. I did the whole suit and tie thing. Uh, for many years, the whole corporate thing. I had human resources call me up a couple of times. Oh, for you real? Know? In the well, corporate at that time, job? Weird. Like, even if I, I had a, I had a friend I worked with, like he told uh, somebody, I don't know, maybe like a coworker, like she had a nice dress or whatever. And I think, and, and I'm dead serious. I didn't know the guy to be a pig at, you know, at the time. And I still don't know. I didn't know. It was a short time he was in our office. Um, you know, human resources is something that, you know, I think now in this world is kind of like telling people, yeah, that's not right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, human resources may have been ahead of their time just to be like, yo, the the mitigator of like, yo, you can't be saying that type yeah. of shit. So what, this guy just like complimented a girl? Yeah, and he, and he was like, kind of, they, they transferred him. That was it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe he did some more stuff I don't know of, but what I'm saying is 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 uh, learning to be corporate. Yeah, is it's a not t- a natural It's always thing. been a tough, t- tough task for me. And it has, um, I've worked with so much corporate. I don't know if I necessarily like working for corporate. Yeah. Um, with I, is okay. Yeah. With you can kind of work with. Too many flags, too many red flags, you know, and too much time for certain people to understand stuff. I give mm-hmm. an example. I'm sure as you're learning, as you grow, uh, sometimes there's a lot of red tape with dealing with, say, corporate stuff, right? You know, but that's who puts up a lot of the big bucks. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you got to do both. But that's an interesting transition. You went from corporate world back into like slinging weed, yeah, into the street world and anything and gambling. And that was another thing. Gambling. So funny to see where we are, or you know, where we're at with gambling. Yeah. Um, meaning, I mean, you got Archie Manning and his sons doing a Caesar's commercial. Yeah, it's with wild. JB Smooth. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm sure that was a big check, but more so that players are now being attacked, like in the sense of you motherfucker, you missed a layup. You cost me 20,000. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, like what did gambling look like when you were in it? Like, what was that? I mean, it was garbage bags of money, you know, for organized crime gambling. Meaning, oh, really? Well, it, like how was it structured? How did it work? Well, it was more of a phone. The best thing is you had like a password. So you would call on a phone and they would have the line. So uh, I guess you would call up like this, ready? Like, you know, it's like, hey, you want to bet the judge one? So let me figure out what's going on. Call up, you know, like, yeah, clam 72, password. And they'll be like, password. And you're like, blue oyster. And they're like, okay, uh, how can I help you? And you're like, you know, and, and that'll be your account. And how'd you get the password? You just that, got it well, from, well, from well, a connection? Usually the funny thing is before all this was just a regular... Um, kind of, uh, I don't know if you ever remember this, but it was sheets. I used to get them at the local store, like little sheets. You pick eight games, you win eight games, you win money. It was like little, little. Uh, I forgot what they're called, like sheets with, with, with sport teams for the week. And you would pick, you know, how many winners you get. You get eight winners, you get 500 bucks, you get 10 winners. Be surprised, a lot of people won. Then I think it was more handled in the street, but then it moved to the phones where you would get a, a password and a, a, a name Got or a, a list. A lot of times, see, I've always thought the way I think now. 
So what I mean by that is I was like, okay, I'll do it for me and everybody else. Mm. So I'll get a list. Like, yo, I want to get a list for my friends. You want a name? Yeah, I want a name. Mark, Mark, you know, Mark Patty. I'm saying, you know, he gets a $10,000 limit. And to be honest with you, when I go back and say about Instagram or popularity in the streets at that time, it's like whoever you were was how much of a limit you would get. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's Mark. His parents are both lawyers. Like, yeah, give him yeah, a fucking $20,000 limit. Oh, wild. So you were just, were you a bookie? No, never. I was, but I would say I would, I would work with, like, meaning I would get a, a, a name with bookies, like, meaning so I could bet and then I could have my friends bet and whatever they would lose, you get 25% of that as mm-hmm. long as you're in the red. So that's, I would say, how gambling started in the sense of neighborhood shit for me. But here's the bad thing the same people who were giving you the fucking credit, keep in mind, you're young, you're 16 years old, you got a $10,000 limit. So fake money. Yeah, I'll take 2000 on the Giants. What yeah. the fuck do you know? Yeah, yeah, But then when you lose, the same guy's coming to collect the money. And how did that work? Well, they become a loan shark if you don't. So it's so weird how that happens, right? You're like kind of like, I don't really have the money. So most of these people have to go to people's parents, to be honest with you. So do you ever have loan sharks coming like, sure, sure. in the I've neighborhood had... for you or for your boys? Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But I've, growing up, I've had people uh, you know, worried, uh, threatened. Here's the thing. Sometimes you'll pay three or five points. You may pay $500 a month just for this. But the thing is, you may be paying this thing for fucking a year. Mm. Actually, you know, you paid the, the, you paid the bill off like three times already. You, you're already, you're already, you know how much you put out, you know? So I think that's a tough task. But what would these loan sharks do? How would they intimidate people? I mean, break, you know, whatever it is, you know? Oh, they, did you know any people that got like kneecaps busted and well, shit? you know, I remember the ice cream guy, he borrowed some money and then he, had, he was on crutches for a while. The ice cream guy? Yeah, I swear to God. Like that ran like the ice cream truck? This guy's name was Mr. Handlebar. I swear to God, I, I, I wish I had. <laughs> Mr. I wish I had a picture of him. He had like glasses and he had bald head, and that was the picture. Like the Mr. Softy guy. Like Mr. Like- Softy, yeah. His name was Mr. Handlebar. I'll never forget. And I found out that he was a. Uh, he would borrow a lot of money. He was a gambler. So he would have a helper. And one time I seen him with a helper, he had crutches. And, uh, you know, they kind of, I guess he didn't pay the money, you know, so they kind of broke one of his legs. Oh, fuck. And how long were you in that game for? In the, in the... I wouldn't say in the game. It was just in the neighborhood. Like, it, was it was just a thing to do when you're a kid. Y- you got addicted. Even now, I mean, look how, yeah, I mean, you probably know some kids that are like crazy bettas. Like, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Like, But it's so much more organized. You, you just go, go on the app. You just like plug it go. in. There you go. So there was where it went to the phones, which I was saying. And then there was a time where it went to like uh, where you would see online, like your limit or your balance and your every bet. Um, and then there was sometimes I feel that you know, we came a long way, I guess is what I'm saying. What was your best come up? Do you, do you remember like, like betting on some yeah, shit? Sunday night football? Uh, I think it was Indianapolis Colts versus Tampa Bay Bucks. And I was down like 8,800. Uh, and it was the last game. Uh, and I threw everything on the Colts. And I mean, I threw everything. I threw like uh, Colts were minus four. I took the Colts first half. Uh, not first half. I'm sorry, half. At that time, you could, they didn't have like what they have now. I took them in the first half. I took them in the over. I took, I, I took everything. I took enough to probably get me up to about where I was down 88. You know, to like be up by like 75 or something. Whoa. You know, a big turn. But that's and the an funny thing is, rush. Here's, here's the crazy. So, so I don't know if you remember this game, but Peyton, they were down like three touchdowns. And they came with Marvin Harrison and they came back and won the fucking game. And you're watching that shit. I was going crazy. (laughs) But here's another problem. There were times where I needed one point in a Knicks game Mm -hmm. or a basketball game. And the guy would go up for a layup wide open. 
and it get hit in the corner of the rim, got stuck in there. They had to do a they had to do a a, a jump ball, and then the game ended. No, things like that. Here's the problem: when those things happen, and you're not only betting for money, you start betting with a rush. So I had like you know friends I was hanging out, girls I was dating, beautiful. I didn't want to fucking hang with them. They're like, hey baby, you want to hang? No. I fucking just lost. I like, I, I was up, I lost. And, and I guess what I'm saying is that when I was win, I wouldn't show that enthusiasm because all I cared about was action. Yeah. When I went away, I told, you know, the counselors, when you go away for drugs, for selling drugs or possession of drugs or even doing drugs, you'll go to ASAC classes, meaning alcohol, substance abuse treatment. I was telling them, I'm like, yo, I have a gambling problem. They're like, yeah, we don't know if we consider it. It's a real thing. I've seen people lose houses, yeah. homes, families. Because here's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not about winning anymore for these people. It's about the action. Yeah. And that becomes terrible. That I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about gambling. No, I just yeah. think that's interesting. But that, that's why I never really got into sports, I don't think. Like, I like... The French national soccer team. That's the only sports team I've rolled oh, with. Oh, the French. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't like your people. <laughs> 2006. I'll never forget yeah, yeah, it. Bro. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, that, every four years, I get into sports. But like the idea of having a team and every weekend, my weekend is dictated by how some like kids play ball always stressed me out. True. I don't, me, I don't like that. No, but let me also say this. Then, then all of a sudden, like, you know, I said you get angry when you lose. But what about like back in the day? I mean, now it's different. So think about how many credit card uh, debt there, there will be. But, um, you know, back then it was like kind of like these guys would take the shit personal. Yeah. Like meaning like I, that I came up under that 8,800 and plus like this motherfucker came all the way back, this cocksucker. Yeah. That's how they think. Yeah. I don't want that. And then like when you go collect money, it's like by the time you go collect money, you may be down. When they, when they want to collect money, they'll be calling you. When you collect them, they'll meet you on fucking next week. I don't want to, like, that That's That stress. style is so terrible. Yeah, and actually, you know what? I want to throw one more thing on top of this. Anybody who's looking for a quick buck or hustling, that's not always the way. You know, people say bet on yourself, but that doesn't only necessarily mean with gambling, right? It's gambling to bet on you. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of times, one of the best advice for anybody who's gambled or had problems with that is to just stop. Take your loss. Mm -hmm. And then bet on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I always, at least you can control that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I want to. I mean, I've won. I, I, I've been in Atlantic City. You know, I put three, 400 on roulette, get 15,000, 20,000. I, 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 I 20,000? Yeah, I rolled dice and craps. I, I, I've, I've won. I've sat in front of. I, I rolled like about 45 minutes in craps. If anybody knows craps, it's like insane. I had people with two watches on the table that were throwing me tips. I mean, maybe I had. 5,000 in front of me that turned into like 25. These guys had 250, 400,000. Whoa. You know, meaning when you gamble, come on, kid, you know, get that, you know, hard 10, you know, you get two fives. I mean, sometimes you just throw it up, you close your eyes. The place is like, wow. Yeah, that's know? a rush. So it's like, yeah. So what I'm saying is it's a rush, but there's a, any, we go back, too much of anything yeah. is not good for you. So what happens is I feel like, you know, you want to, you know, ruining a lot of your reputation and yourself. Yeah. And I feel like, when I, so I guess what I'm saying, I'm going to bring this to a close is in my neighborhood, you had the ability to gamble and you had the ability to gamble with free money because it was just a name, you and know, a number line, somewhere on a phone. Right. And then that person turned into a loan shark and yeah. then that person turned into uh, it's a you know a couple points a week where a lot of these people were just paying the 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 vig or the point the juice of it, 
and wind up paying it back three, four times over. Yeah. Before ever paying back the debt. Yeah. Which and that's is, how you get in the hole. Yeah. And it's it's a scary thing. And um I'm sure it's still it's still alive because people can't afford credit cards. People don't have credit cards. Yeah. People don't always focus on that. What's up, guys? We're going to take a break really quick because I got to talk to you about something very important. You ever been in a car accident, hurt your back? Has that ever happened to you? You ever slip on ice, break your coccyx, your tailbone? You ever drink coffee that's too hot, burn your tongue? You may be entitled to compensation. I don't know if you are. That's for you to decide. If you got injured, I mean, you got to kind of crunch the numbers. But if you don't feel like it, hypothetically, you could check out the guys over at Morgan & Morgan. Here's what's cool about Morgan & Morgan. It takes no time to submit a claim. It's so easy. You don't got to go to a sketchy website, look up all these attorneys, yada, yada. Easy. Just submit a claim. See what they say. Here's the cool thing. You're probably thinking, oh, it's going to cost so much money. Hey, they don't charge you a dime unless they win your case. It's a pretty good deal. You got nothing to lose. You lose no money unless they win your case. Then they take a little cut. It's amazing. With over 100 offices and 800 attorneys nationwide, they are waiting to hear from you. So if you're injured, you could check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash gagnon. That is F-O-R, thepeople.com slash gagnon. Or dial pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. That's forthepeople.com slash gagnon or pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. You got a broken coccyx. You got a burnt tongue. You could reach out to them. Let's get back to the show. What's up, guys? We got to take a break real quick because we need to help you have better sex. That's right. And by we, obviously, I mean myself and also my good friends at Blue Chew. Blue Chew is an amazing service that delivers chewable tablets right to your door that help you have the best sexual performance of your life. 2023 is the year to maximize your sexual performance in the bedroom, and that's why you got to check out BlueChew.com. Oh yeah. Blue Chew is an amazing service that delivers discreet chewable tablets right to your door that have the same active ingredients as like Cialis, Viagra, all that stuff. But it's the chew. You can take them anytime, day or night. That way you're always ready for whenever that special moment happens. Blue Chew is an amazing service because it's so discreet. You go online, consult with one of their medical providers, and then just like that, you can get approved to get discreet tablets sent straight to your door. No awkward conversations, no disclosing discreet personal info that's uncomfortable in person. It's all done online, safely, just like that. Look, I'll be honest, I've used it. That's right. One time I was actually camping with Mike Corey with the Hadza tribe in Tanzania, and it started to rain. So what did we do? I popped a blue chew, and I pitched a tent for the whole tribe to sleep under. Yeah, that's right. Me and Mike, we were cozy up in our little tent, thanks to blue chew. You can use it for that. You can also just use it for sexual performance in the bedroom. Remember those days where you could just get it up like that? Well, now you can once again with Blue Chew. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it, baby. We've got a special deal for the people that listen to this show. This is amazing, all right? You can try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code GAGNON. That's correct. Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N, at checkout. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. That's nothing. Have the best boners of your life for $5 shipping? Come on, cup of coffee. You can get the best boners you ever had. So try bluechew.com. Use the promo code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N, to receive your first month for free. That's right. Zero dollars. What, what system did you get locked up in again? So I went to state. I didn't go to federal. Okay. Um, but I was in every... I was, the, the funny thing is when I got arrested, I have a nonviolent uh, felony. So just trying intent to sell possession is nonviolent. So uh, nonviolent, they give you a chance to go to shock. And shock, it's probably still around. Mm -hmm. um, but shock is a military program yeah. that you could get home in six months. The dummy like me, I'm in Rikers Island for four months. I get sentenced. 
I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm going into shock. I got accepted. I'm thinking I'm going to be home in fucking 10 months. I want up getting kicked out of shock. Wait, what? Because uh, you know what happens when you're a New Yorker, you have to learn how to watch your, uh, what you say, even when you don't mean it. Um, I was outside working. Uh, I had like a clearance to work outside. I didn't have like a high, you know, where I was like this crazy criminal. Yeah. So I was working outside and we were working on his conveyor belt and the, and the drill instructor who was there, correction officer, I turned to him and I was like, man, you guys are working us to death today, huh? You know, and I was just like playing around. I thought he caught it as like, you know, a joke. I turn around, I see like a real sergeant. And this was like 45 minutes away. So I was like, he's like, turn around. And he put the cuffs on me. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? He's like, well, you were being refusing to direct the order. You're giving a hard time. I said, I, I. So anyway, long story short, right from there, um, you get put into the box. So if you get kicked out of a shock program, 30 days in the box. And at that time, you know, this is, I mean, I'm home almost 20 years. At that time, you know, it was very challenging for me, you know, to be in there. I mean, you hear all these stories about uh, Cleef Browder and everybody, you know, and what happens in there. And I'm here to say uh, it is very challenging. How did you stay sharp when you were in solitary? <sighs> well, thank you. Thanks to, uh, uh, you know, reading books. Um, what you books know, were you reading? I was reading, put this way, they would come around every like Tuesday and Thursday with a book and you would have to get on your knee because they only have a slot in the door. So they would literally have like a three, like a wheeled three uh, bookcase. I would t pick the biggest books. I probably read every James Patterson book. Oh, wow. You know, that's all they really had. But I probably read every James Patterson book to keep me going. And, and, and I wound up staying in there longer than 30 days because uh, it, it came to the point where, you know, uh, you can mess up so easily in there. Um, you like, well, I, I wanted to take a shower. I didn't know you had to be on the gate. The gate means you have to be on the door when they come. So I was sitting in the bed. They came and said, all right, try next week. I'm like, oh, fuck. So you couldn't shower that whole week? So I'm a Brooklyn guy. So I'm going to be like, hey, motherfucker, you know, I want my shower, you know? And they're like, oh, yeah. So they opened the fucking door, you know, a little tussle, you know what I mean? But who's going to say something? You know, I never got like extremely hurt in there, but I heard screams and cries. That sometimes still, you know, sit with me. I'm not saying I'm out here promoting cr criminals. I'm saying if this person didn't do anything crazy, a lot of the system is set up to abuse these people. Mm -hmm. um, people say, and America says they want a redemption story, but they don't provide the tools to do that. A lot of correction officers, when you start going upstate, look at you as a tax dollar. Mm. Look at you as a low life. Look at you as somebody who, um, you know, is, you know, listen, I went back to jail. I brought my parents. I spoke. I've helped so many kids. I mean, we're, you know, I've done so many things to try to do, you know, I, when I went back to correction officer, what are you doing back here? Like, what do you think? I'm back here because I'm, what do you mean? You don't see what's going on? Yeah, I'm trying to help these kids. No, no, I mean, well, they, he didn't know that, but the, the world, I mean, the jail knew that. I mean, they rolled out the red carpet. Like, you know, for me to come there and speak, like, yo, you can make it out of here. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is the, 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 the system is not designed for you to come home to stay home. Yeah. And in the box, you could really lose yourself. So I would say, um, you know, how did I stay sane? Just kind of, you know, also, you know, it's good to release. You know what I mean? I salute. Um, it's good to do that every once in a while. I used to have some wild, vivid uh, thoughts. Did you get religious in prison at all? Like, did you, like, you were raised Catholic probably, Catholic, right? yeah, I was. And did you connect back with that when you were in no, prison? You no, know, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I would go to church because some days I just felt like, you know, 
how am I going to, you know, how am I going to change? How am I going to come home and, and, uh, be a better person, make better decisions? You know, even though I lived a kind of, um, Instagram life before Instagram, meaning I was out there moving a social light or, you know, I still was trying to figure it out, you know, and I felt I couldn't get right. And at that time, you know, that's why anybody doing anything wrong today, don't. Because I'm going to tell you why. There's so many fucking opportunities. Get in here and start taping. Yeah. Do something. There's so many opportunities. What is, the, what is the way out? Like you get out of prison and you figure it out. Like you don't go back. But I never so, went back. So I many never people, went back. So many people go back. Saw, put it this way. I came home and I got paroled with about 42 people mm-hmm. from the Bronx, Brooklyn, Harlem, Queens, whatever. They all went back. Yeah. They all went back. Except why, for me. So why didn't you? I didn't go back because of my kids. Now, I'm not saying they didn't go back to their kids, but a lot of them, they couldn't find a job. Um, it, it, you know, at that time, keep in mind, you put down that you sold drugs or you, you got a felony. People look at it on a job application. Yeah, all right, see so a way to jerk off. And, and that's it. Meanwhile, you know, it's, it's, it's a different world that we live in now. So that's why I'm saying, like, you know, like how I stayed home was just to stay true to what I was doing. I had a curfew, nine o'clock. Mm. I rented every DVD at that time. Uh, every fucking DVD. Because you know what happens? They came at nine o'clock, knock on the door. How you doing? Come inside. Yeah, you want some you yeah. want some sauce? You want to dip the bread in there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, want, you want me to make your pasta? <laughs> no. Everything's good. They left. People would then get dressed, put fucking cologne on, put a watch on, and go out, and they'd be outside. You, never you, though. No, no. Because that happens to people all the time. I wanted to make the most of my time, but also, too, I, you know, I would get letters from my niece and my daughter. And they would be like, oh, dad, you're, you know, Uncle Pete, you're the, you're the greatest, you know, you're amazing. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm in here. Like, you know, so I think when I came home, I did whatever, how I stayed home, I would say I took whatever, whatever I could do. You know, I couldn't get a job. My, my cousin had a friend that had a carpet cleaning business. Mm-hmm. I was like holding on to the machine that I didn't even know how to use this thing. It was like, you know, the buffer, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. fucking flying all Zamboni. over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was just... You know, I look back at those times and seriously, even though you, you're asking me, it makes me think of like how far, you know, I, I, and the sacrifices that I made. And I would say how you stay home from prison is, you know, and how you change your life around to me is, is, is to, just to sacrifice, to stay patient. Um, you know, I tried four five, six things, you know, just because only one or two of them were working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was extremely important to, you know, kind of make a difference. You know, I wanted to show my family that I changed, that I was a better man. You know, I grew up in a, even though my, my parents, like, yo, I love them. They were, their support made me who I am today, but also their, their, their non-belief in, 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 in unnormal things at the time. Wait, meaning, what do you mean? Me, meaning like freelancer, being mm. creative, well, we hope that works out for you. Yeah. You know, I don't even know if you know, I was in a movie last year with Armando Sante, and it, it's supposed to be coming out, I think, this year. Um, I had a small role in it, but the point I'm making is I called my parents. I'm like, Ma, I'm going to try out for a fucking part in a movie with Armando Sante. And then she, they're like, oh, wow. We hope that works out for you. Even still. Still, even after all I've, this shit you've done, well, they, still, listen, they love the shit out of me. Of course, they, they they do, and and they just don't understand what they never did. Like even my father, like you know, you should get a four hundred one k because uh, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, Dad, listen, 
I got this. Yeah. I know what you mean and I appreciate it, but that's not the only way anymore. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's tough to explain that to them. I mean, yeah. especially like the world they grew up in is not the world now. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's hard to explain like, no, you can make, you can make money doing this. Like there's other, there's other routes. You know, I, I, I meet young kids that tell me that their parents don't have the belief. And I swear to God, I think it's like something that really doesn't make them become who they are. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah, cause they, 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 they look for it so much. I you feel know? bad for like all my like immigrant friends they're yep. like their parents like came over like from a difficult situation refugee whatever and then they're coming to america with the guilt that like oh if i pursue my dream i'm letting my parents sure. go and that is such a difficult thing to choose between how do you choose between the dream and the family sure and like when you put them at odds like more often than not the family wins you know and i don't want to say this a lot of times the family their discouragement is because they never did it yeah so we can't be mad at them because they're like kind of like because this is how i think they think in their mind that sounds great, but I don't know if I could do that. So I can't see that for you. Exactly. But they, from, they let their insecurity get in the way. Exactly. Like, I see that all the time with people that like the, they will get frustrated when people are chasing their dreams yep. because, and more often than not, the more angry they are is correlated with the self-hatred they have for never chasing that same dream. Exactly. So I, what I do is I look for people like that and I fucking just jump in their DMs or if I know them I send them texts I keep going full steam ahead don't yeah. stop yeah. keep going I don't care who it is I always try to send people that type of energy because I always know what I wanted you know from, from people and I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be here today I don't want to sound like nobody believed in me I wouldn't be here today without the people who believed in me who believed in you the most you know I want to say my mother yeah you know I want to say my mother no matter what the ability to believe in somebody no matter what the outcome in outcome is, is 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 to be honest with you, groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, unconditional. Yeah, unconditional belief yeah. is a is a dramatic thing. Yeah, I mean, people like Bum B. I mean, even people like Chris Morrow. You know, I want to give him a lot of credit. I was ready to walk out of the Combat Jack show one day. I mean, we're not making any money. I mean, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, early I mean, days of podcasting, yeah, no one really you know? gets it. And he's like, "Oh, what happens if you walk out? What happens this tomorrow?" And and, and just the belief. To believe, you know, like, hey, you could do this, right? You know, hey, you could make this happen. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think it's like, you know, it, it's it's so important to, like, believe in yourself. Like, you know, people say people believe in people who believe in themselves. But, like, if you have someone to believe in you, I swear to God, like, it, it'll take you so fucking far. Yeah, bro. I think about that. Like, you watch the Kanye West doc. Yep. Like, his mom's belief in him yep. was like, yeah, you could go anywhere with that. Like that type of like, his mom was so passionate about him. Yeah, I think you go through, look, a lot of young kids out here are doing some amazing things. And I think as you get older, you start to get more seasoned. You start to become more of a veteran. But I think you really find power in trying to help other people as well, right? Um, You know, I, I, I don't know if I touched on this earlier, but when I came up, a lot of my OGs, they were too hard on us. Oh, really? Meaning they would take too long to help you kind of like come on man like you out here like you know i spent 10 hours in the rain like you know what i mean you gotta spend 10 hours in the rain then you send 10 hours in the rain like yeah you, you gotta do more yeah and more like, how many coffees you want me to get you yeah yeah that's that's what i never understood it's like the you got to break the cycle yeah. it's like what's the point of me putting in all this hard work if i'm making it just as hard for the people below me that's what i'm always grateful for schultz with like his come up was harder than mine yeah and he like grinded in ways a lot harder than me but he never intentionally put me down because it was what he did yeah he's always like look 
you because i sacrificed yeah go ahead, you, go, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to sacrifice as much yeah and it meant so much like he made my life so much better and really changed my life for that reason you know shouts uh shouts for that you know i also think that the the power in um you know kind of walking so somebody could run mm-hmm. you know a lot of times let me tell you i don't want to sit i, I, I want to sit here and, and and talk about great things too the world has a lot of good people and good energy you know i'll go to different events man i'll get people for whatever it's probably people who come up to me and be like yo premium pete they're like yo what you and combat jack show did i'm on radio out here in atlanta or or wow. i've had people hit me i had sunglasses on you know kind of come over and thank me uh and i'm not saying thank me like i'm fucking but what i'm saying is you know people like you know walking so people could run right or 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 you know i remember being at a dinner meeting with me and combat and a couple other people and people went around the room i'm a ceo of this i have my own law firm blah 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 and then they're in combat so i'll never forget i've said this publicly he's like uh we're podcasters me i was like i thought he was gonna say like yo i'm a lawyer yeah because yeah. i would have been like yo fuck him i'm a lawyer. Not, you know not meaning fuck him but i'm just saying he is yeah. a lawyer yeah 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 and lead, he was lead with like your most prestigious accolade yeah. and he was like yo we're podcasters and 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 they were like oh that's cute yeah and to see where it is today, even to have a hand in it, you know, even to still do it. You know, I do a lot of things behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Um, I try to connect people. I try to make things happen. I try to bring brands together. Can you tell me about like early Flagrant 2 days? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because when you think about Flagrant and what it is, I remember I, uh, I was going to, I forgot what I was going to come on. Maybe uh, I forgot which one it was I was going to come on. But 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 what happened was Charlemagne wasn't there or or something we were going to do Brilliant Idiots. I remember Andrew reached out to me and he was like, yo, you want to come? I'm like, nah, I want to be there when Charlemagne's there. And he's like, well, I want you to co-host this thing or whatever, or, or, or come on. And anyway, from that, they built Flagrant, you know, mm-hmm. and that day. And uh, How did you meet Schultz in the first place? So I met him through the, uh, just the whole, the whole loudspeakers network that we, you know, were involved in unintentionally creating, so to speak, you know, in combat. And Chris uh, created that. And, then, you know, I think our first show, let me tell you how crazy this is. We're doing the Combat Jack show, right? We're in a radio station. First of all, we went from janky mics in 2010 to just like, you know, like we go to like this studio that had like a cough button. I was yeah. like, wow, this is crazy. My it. voice sounded so amazing. But at that time, even kids I grew up with were like, Pete, what are you doing? You're not, you didn't go to school for radio, but people were loving it. Um, you know, I have to say this here because I said it in other places. 2012, we got flew down by A3C, which is a festival in Atlanta. Combat Jack show. The first year we went, 2011, it was okay. Second year, room was packed. We had big guests. And, and I mean, literally, there's, room was packed. At the end, we were taking pictures, signing autographs, whatever. People were coming up to us. I go home, my son's mother at the time was like, ah, how did everything go? And I'm like, it was amazing. We were signing autographs, taking pictures. I really think we're on to something. And she was like, oh, that's great. The mortgage is due tomorrow. And I'm like, fuck. So I, the point I'm making is I realized at that time how hard it was, say, to break the chains and, 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 and make it and still find out how to build the system up. You know, mm-hmm. and that's something I still say to this day, building a system, right? That works for you. People look at other people compare, but they don't know what works for them. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like kind of like, oh, I see these guys doing this number. I see these guys doing this number. 
You know, I've seen people come before me got bigger. I've seen people come before me that left. How do you not get jaded when someone that comes, you know, after you gets bigger or whatever? You know, I never look, you know, to be honest with you, I'm going to sit here and say this. I feel like I, I, I could have been bigger than I am. Like meaning what I mean by this personally. I could have focused only on Premium Pete and building that brand up. I chose the road to build my brand up while I'm building others. A lot of times there wasn't money in it. So I, ha- I wanted to step in the back or I wanted to be able to put things together. You know, I put a lot of different, you know, brands together and food brands with footwear brands and create things and, you know, trying to find ways to uh, make money with things that I'm passionate about. Um, and sometimes you don't always make them from, say, this. Like, for instance, i give you an example. You could be making money with Flagrant, your comedy, and another business you have on the side. Camp, you start off, it's doing okay, it's doing great, but you haven't made money with it yet. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. These other things are making money, and you're pushing this until it makes money. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just passion. Or maybe it gives you a purpose. And that's what's fucking important. Because I'll tell you one thing, the little things in life, I don't give a fuck. People don't like saying cliche or corny things. The little things in life will mean the most. You know, you get older and you want to, in my opinion, I'm like, yo, why did I wait so long to do things? I want it to be 100% ready. You'll never be. Mm. Right? What if things you, did you delay? Yeah, just, just kind of delaying if I should even like be on mic. Oh, really? Like, you know, do people want to hear this and i'll be honest with you too in combat you know god bless and you know when he passed away you know um his voice and his presence is 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 still missed you know and i had such an amazing journey with him and all those you know a king and you know and 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 dallas penn and, and and all these people you know i really feel like we were a dysfunctional family but we built a brotherhood and that when you get older like it was like my after school program so if you have something that makes you feel that way like triple down on yeah. it. So, oh, I was saying like with, with, with combat, I remember people saying like, oh, well, Premium Pete, like, you know, when I started my own show, they're like, well, he said some things on combat. Sometimes he would say a lot. Sometimes he was funny or crazy. And I changed, like a lot of my style changed in the sense of when I had a chance to show or showcase my own conversation style, mm-hmm. understanding people, parents and growing up. And that's when I sat down, you know, Premium Pete show for many years wasn't only just people in hip-hop like we sat down with you know everybody i sat down with uh the founder of venmo i sat down with gary i sat down with uh people who started food brands and sold them for hundreds of millions of dollars um and i wanted people to understand and one thing i understood about a lot of people is the presence in their life like a father or a mother or somebody that i believe in did wonders you know that's why i'll always go back to that it was tremendous you know for them presence over presence well that's a lifestyle (laughs) that's a lifestyle but yeah i mean listen you know i think um it's it's tremendously important to be able to take a shot on something Mm -hmm. and i think i want to go back to saying 100 percent ready you know i get it there's a lot of people looking across their t's and dot their eyes i'm not saying not to do that but i'm saying don't wait and be a perfectionist so much yeah. that the world never, ever sees your fucking talents. Yeah, that's a good lesson. I mean, I struggle with that to this day. I mean, I, even with this show, I yeah. was like, oh, I got to get a studio. Yeah. I got to do whatever. And it was Schultz. It was like, bro, just do it in here. Yep. Just like, you know, try relationships. To, yeah, try to rework it. But he was just a great mentor. He's like, bro, try to change the lighting. Do whatever you can to like make it unique. But just this space is available to you whenever you want. 
And I was like, that's amazing. And so that got me out of my head of being like, it's got to be perfect. You got to get the branding perfect. Like the branding is still not good, but it's just like something I did in Photoshop in three seconds. Yeah. Like it's just like getting the pieces to get going. And I think that's, I forget who I was listening to talking about this. I think John Mayer was actually talking about this. Where Love he, John Mayer. He's the greatest, but he was like. Big sneaker guy too. Yeah. And a comedy guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a Renaissance man like you. Yeah. But he was like, the best way to be creative is to create. Mm. Like come out with an MVP. Every brand does this. Like they don't come out with the finished product. They come out with the most viable product, the minimum viable product. Yeah. Just what is the first thing you can get rolling to actually get feedback, get data points from the audience. And that's what the point like of, that. that's what the point of this is at this stage. Like, let me just sit in it. Let me just get data points. Cause I think so many people, like I do this all the time with like hobbies where I will be like, okay, I'm going to start rock climbing and I buy all the gear and I get all the stuff and then I do it for a couple of weeks and I go, I don't like this, but I invested all this money into this thing that I don't even like. And I think people need to do that more with content and things that they want to create. Sure. If they're an artist, if they're in sneakers, if they're in fashion, just start doing the most minimum thing you can do. Yeah. And see if you even like it. Get data points. What's up, guys? We got to take a break real quick because I got to talk to you about some of the best vases in the game. That's right. You see this vase right here? This is a beautiful vase. You put flowers in there. You can smell these flowers all day. But now this vase is different than other vases, okay? Now you can use this for a lot of different uses. You know, you can, whatever your imagination can come up with. I use it as a vase and that's the, the way that I like to use it and YouTube's monetization team likes to use it. But what's interesting about this vase is it has a glycerin chamber right here. So you know how with normal vases, you might smell some flower. Oh, it's so hot. All the hot air from the hot summer's day gets in your lungs, makes you start coughing. You feel terrible. Well, with this vase... You put this glycerin chamber in the freezer. It cools it down over 300 degrees. That's right, 300 degrees in like an hour. That's all it takes. So right now, not only is this vase so amazing, it's also extremely affordable right now to the listeners of this show. Because if you go to thefreezepipe.com, that's right. If you go to thefreezepipe.com and use the code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N, you will get 10% off your entire order. That's right. This vase right here could be yours. I got one for my mom. I got one for my brother. I got one from all my friends back home. They like to smell their flowers all day and they use the freeze pipe. So don't break the bank. Go to thefreezepipe.com. Use the promo code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N for 10% off your entire order. That's thefreezepipe.com and use the promo code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N and say goodbye to harsh flower smoke forever. Now let's get back to the show. What's up guys? We got to take a break real quick because I got to tell you how you can take the bad out of your habits. That's right. This right here is known as fume. If you know me, I'm a holistic guy, all right? I'm a natural dude. I don't like harmful chemicals. I try not to drink out of plastic bottles. I don't like vapors or electronics or none of that. And that's why I like Fume. Fume is an amazing product, okay? It's an award-winning design that gives you all the fun and pleasure of <sighs> taking a little hit with none of the negative effects. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. That's right. You've seen Schultze just ripping this thing on flagrant. If you're a fan of the show, you've seen him just puffing away on the road. He's got this thing with him all the time. I mean, don't trust me, trust Schultz. He uses this all the time. Imagine you're out late with the boys. You had a couple drinks. Instead of reaching for a bad habit, reach for a good one and try Fume. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories. There's no reason that that can't be you also. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the Journey Pack today. Head to Try Fume, that's try F-U-M, 
Dot com and use the code GAGNON. That's right, G-A-G-N-O-N, and save 10% off when you use the Journey Pack today. That's Trifume, Trifum, com and use the code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N, to save an additional 10% off your order today. Kick the bad habits, pick up a good one. Let's get back to the show. Bro, let me tell you, even as being a parent, I, I, I suggest that. Like, there's a lot of parents that put their kids in things, and when they realize that their kid's not good at those things, they continue to keep their kids in things. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Some cost fallacy. Yeah, I say, like, look, my, my son right now does piano. He does track. He does football. He does baseball. You don't like one? Let's move on. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that you're going to like kind of like give up. Like, for instance, like say I bought him all that stuff that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He's going to work a little bit on it to try to figure it out. But if that's not the case, let's get rid of it and move on to the next thing. Um, it's just data points. Yeah. How many data points can you get to figure out what you actually like? Yeah. And I would say continue to try. And I would also go back to saying relationships and how they're important. Look what Schultz provided. Mm-hmm. Just like, yo, use the studio. You know why? Because he's like, yo, we create together. Now you go create your own thing as well. Yeah. Right? So you can build up your brand. And that's the thing too. A lot of us compare instead of creating, you know, and I'm telling you, comparing is the worst fucking thing. Especially most of the times we're comparing people's public's highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. Especially, especially in a creative field. Like that's, I actually have a hard time with this. I don't really like the thought process of being like, oh, I'm going to be the greatest creative Mm. because it's a subjective pursuit at the end of the day like what is to say that you are the greatest podcaster versus someone else is like numbers like is numbers really your metrics if numbers is your metric that's where you start all of a sudden conflating like wealth with taste yep just because someone has money doesn't mean they have taste more often than not it's the opposite but like just because someone has views doesn't mean they have taste just because someone has you know that's a scary thing right now because views again we spoke about this earlier but People blow up on TikTok and have no idea what to do. I get these called all, 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 all the time. Like I feel like I'm like uh, uh, the mediator of certain content stuff. I kind of like, yo, I'm killing it, but uh, now what? I don't know how to make money. Yeah, you know, and and I'm always thinking throughout my relationships with brands how to enter people in or things in, and I, you know, a lot of my a lot of my creativeness comes from just. You know, actually, let's go there. I love taking a bath, okay? <laughs> a lot of people, you know, don't maybe understand that. You know, I remember growing up, people say, yeah, you like to lay in dirty water. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. Because I want to explain to you. I spin. And it's not about me. Anybody listening, watching, understand this. We spin. We're here. We're doing the studio. We're going here. We're picking up our kids. We're doing this. We're doing that, right? The last person you have time for always is you, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you do, how do you take care of that? In the bath, okay, I love a bath. I've been, I love a steam bath, right? Um, I even get the bath salts. You got to see some mm-hmm. of them today. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about, they have ones like sativa, yeah, yeah, yeah. vitamin C, yeah. um, calm your, Oscar, I don't even know the words on some Oregano, of them. you put a little grandma sauce in there. <laughs> no, for, you're having that. a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it brings me a time that... I get to just stop right here, mm-hmm. sit here. But I'm in there and I bring like my washcloth. You know, I have a nice little setup. But the point I'm making is I, I've written contracts in there. I've written proposals in the bath. I've closed big deals in the bath. Yeah. I literally get in the bath and I'm like, okay, what do I got to do? And I'll sit there, not the whole time. And as that water's steaming or as I'm just sitting wiping say sweat I like to sweat I don't, you know like I feel like that 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 helps get you know whatever yeah. out of you and I know this may sound crazy 
But what I'm trying to tell you is find time alone to you. Mm -hmm. Many years, I grew up around everybody many years, going out to eat by yourself. Yep. I remember friends saying like, oh, people are going to look at me. Who the fuck are, look at me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, guys. <laughs> Like, you know, like, like, also, like, no one's looking at you, bro. You're in New York. Like, you can do anything. Yeah. Well, what do they think? Maybe you don't have a date. Like, I, I, well, but people say this. People, yeah. people. So, what I'm saying is, is, is getting in touch with you. Yeah. You meditate? I do, but in different ways. And yeah. I need to learn. I really want to, I mean, tell me, do you, do you have ways that you. I mean, a little. I do like guided meditation. So, like, I just have an app that I use. And it yeah. just is like 10, 15 minutes to just like be present. And just to like be reflective. And I, I do it with walks too. I realized I actually had a problem with this. Where like I got my Spotify end of the year report. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know how they do like the Spotify yeah, yeah, wrapped yeah. or whatever? Great marketing, by the way. It's amazing. But I had racked up so many minutes of listening to music. I was in the one percentile of Spotify consumers. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of a problem. I'm listening to more music and podcasts than I think the average person by a large, large margin. And I intentionally stopped listening to music because mm. I was like, I'm going in the shower, listening to music. I'm going on to work, listening to music. I'm constantly putting my music in my head, I think, as a means to not be present. How much music do you listen to, meaning in genres? Do you everything. diversify? Everything. Because I'm a Beyonce Country, hip-hop, yeah, drill, yeah. like I hardcore, love, everything. I, I relate to you, mm -hmm. but I'm saying I haven't stopped. It, it, I'm so emotional to music. Oh, yeah, me too. That... that, that if I want to cry, I could put on a certain song. Bro, that's what I do. You know? I, bro, I've been in my bed first thing in the morning watching like a choir, just mm. weeping. Mm. Like not not sad, but just yeah, tears no, are coming yeah. out of my face. My wife comes upstairs. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, there's this, this college choir that just sang Ave Maria and I'm crying. But it does something. But music is interesting, though, for that reason. It is the precursor to language. True. It is before when we were just like fucking walking around the jungle, before we had like actual like verbal language <laughs> we, were, we, we were dancing and we were singing and so it hits a part of your brain it's not frontal cortex this is like deep lizard brain shit this is like the first part of your brain that evolved is music every animal has music not every animal has like verbal communication right the yeah, sounds. Exactly. you know but think about it oh, let me tell you i want to say this especially that you're talking about this i love music with all my heart yeah like without Music, I don't exist. Mm -hmm. um, I use it to motivate me. Mm -hmm. I use it. I mean, sometimes I'm in the car. I'll put on a fucking song to fucking. I'll start banging on the fucking steering wheel. Let's go. What is it? What is it? Could be a lot of things. Could be a DMX X going to give it to you. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I also love. Um, you know, I could keep on going down. Uh, on, on, on oh, I love with or without you uh, by U2. Fix you by Coldplay yeah. is a big song for me. Um, you know, I could keep on going down to like, kind of like, even he passed away recently, uh, What You Won't Do For Love by Bobby, Bobby Cadwell. Cadwell. yeah. Um, legend. You know, I love doo-wop music. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I could keep on going around. I love Allure by Jay-Z, one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is I'll listen to these things and, and they'll motivate me. See, I'm the type of person I listen to a song like... 4,000 times in a yeah, week. I'm the same way. If I, I like get it, tired of it, if I like it, I'll run it yeah. all the way through. But my point with that is that I was using it so much to remove myself and to get additional energy. And once I actually got more creative, once I stepped away Copy. and I was like, I got to tune out. I'm going to leave my phone at home. I'm going to go for a walk and I'll walk for five miles just like in my own head because I used to just use music to kind of get away. But I was like, I in order to be creative and contemplative, you got to be present. Sure. And music at times can make you more present. Sure, cloudy or cloudy. Or but cloudy, it can yeah. also move you away from the present. Yeah. And so I intentionally was like, less music. 
because I was doing too much. It's a weird thing because I don't think people think about it. They just like kind of fill the free time and the gaps with just like a show with music, whatever. I do think it's important if you're doing it too much, step away. Absolutely. You know, I think in keeping a good amount in your life and keeping, you know, clear of it is important. You know, keep in mind too, a lot of people, uh, you know, when you, when you think about creating, you know, sometimes music comes along with their mood, mm -hmm. right? I remember when I used to break up with girls back in the day or girls used to, you know, break up with me and I used no, to listen girls to girls never certain, broke up with you. Bro. I, eh, well, nah, they never broke up. I was young. Maybe I had a couple <laughs> girls that broke up with me, but, uh, you know, I, I, I try to stay communicative to uh, the woman in my life, even like my daughter's mother and my son's mother. Um, I have great relationships with both of them. It's something I really pride myself on. Um, I never wanted to not be able to not kind of knock on the door or come in the house to feel wanted, mm -hmm. to feel um, as one. One of the biggest things, advice I could give parents or separated parents is to try to exist with your significant other. I know it's hard uh, for a lot of people, but uh, it does wonders for the kids. And at the end of the day, I want to give this example. My daughter's going to be 23. Uh, I got divorced when she was two, so 21 years ago. Um, I'll never forget. It's like the second week we were divorced, and it was like a Tuesday, and she called me, and she was like, hey, could you watch our daughter? I'm going out on a date. And I was like, holy shit, this girl's so honest. So I was like, so I turn around, the immature in me is like, so you want to go out and get fucked and you want me to watch our daughter? Fuck you. <laughs> I hung up. Not even 30 seconds later, I thought, I was like, my daughter is going to suffer. Hello. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Enjoy yourself. I'll take her. Wow. And I went and got her. But you checked your own ego. I checked my own ego because I realized who suffers from this. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's always how it is with insecurity and ego. Like you, you think you're protecting yourself at the cost of a lot of other people. Yeah. And like, I think people do it all the time. You get into a dumb bar fight or you fight with some guy on the street and that's your own ego. And who suffers from that? That guy suffers from it. You suffer from it. Like the residual ripple from that insecurity is so big and people don't realize that because they're so consumed with. Yeah. yeah what they got going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's crazy when you put it like that, you know, but, but, you know, I, I will say, I guess what I'm saying too is just to be mindful, mm -hmm. right? Um, because people get trauma. You know, I want to go back to mom and dad. You know, I grew up in such a big family. How many siblings? I got, I got two sisters and a brother. My brother's foster child, actually. My mother could not have kids after me. Oh, wow. And she wanted to... Like, let me tell you something. I really, really appreciate my mother so much. Um, all the sacrifices she made... Um, you know, uh, even when she didn't understand, she tried to. Uh, I love my pops. I feel like he was a little too old school for certain things, but he, he at least said, hey, I, I love you. Yeah, uh, um, they, did, they did the best. Yeah, they, they did could. the best they could do, and I, and, and I try to be that for my kids. And, and, I, and I will say to anybody who um, is looking for belief from their parents, um, you know, find that in other places as well, right? Um, appreciate what how far you have come. A lot of people don't like to celebrate the small wins. I don't mean you're stopping, but there's nothing wrong with going out for a dinner for a little win. Yeah. Because like we said, there's a ticker. You don't know when you're going. You may not get to that final destination that Mark wants. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I learned to appreciate life m m more now than ever, you know, and, and, and find ways to help creatives and help freelancers and, and find ways, to be honest with you, unlearn a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of trauma, 
uh, a lot of the way we grew grown up, you know. I mean, look, I, like I said before, I love my parents, but they beat the fuck out of us. Yeah. I never laid a hand on my kid. Right. Never. Yeah, you got to leave that shit behind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's, I, I actually forget who was saying this. I think this was uh, on Rogan's podcast. Someone was saying, anytime you're getting frustrated with your kids or your wife or someone like that, like someone really close to you and you're getting frustrated and you have that feeling coming up, imagine you're 80 years old and you have a time machine and this is the only time that you can go back to. Imagine this moment, this interaction with that person is the only time you can go back to. How would you act? How would you behave? Mm. And it's such a good way to put yourself out of the situation where you're about to yell at your kid and you go, oh, this is the only time I'm going to spend with them. You know, when I have my time machine in 80 years, I'm going to be a little bit more gentle. Exactly. I'm going to be more patient. Exactly. I mean, I think even with yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Even with yourself. I mean, how many times creators feel like am I... Am I, am I, am I doing the most? Am I, am I relevant? Am I, you know, um, you know, we over, let me tell you something, man, you could talk yourself out of your fucking dreams. You could, you, 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 trust me tomorrow. You could talk about if, if, if you think, you know, why am I putting up this thing about me? Like some, you know, you could talk yourself right out of your dreams. Bro, I'm, here to tell so you, much. I'm here to tell you, let me tell you something, man. If you, and I'm not trying to sound like a fucking uh, preacher, but I'm here to tell you, man, if you never, Stop believing in yourself. Anything is possible. Because you think about how many people have overcome shit. America doesn't like showing the redemption stories as much as they say they do. Mm-hmm. They make it hard for people to come back and be productive members of society. I'll give you an example. I'm home 20-something years. I have like a minor felony with weed. I mean, why can't I get that expunged? 20-plus mm-hmm. years. I've done so many different things yeah so what i'm saying is you know you never stop believing in you you'll take yourself further and further and further and being a brand right and being like mark being a brand Mm -hmm. like whoever like people like don't don't find shade in that yeah you know what i mean and creating a product right a lot of people creatives i'm always for creatives always i will always lend advice mentorship help anything for creatives because there was a time where Heinz and Hellman mayonnaise was the only fucking brand say in there. Now there could be Marks, mm-hmm. Pete's, Andrews, Alex's, yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. I want people to learn how to make money sleeping more and more often. Mm. You know, learning how to gain, you know, uh, building something like that even while you're sleeping. Yeah. And it's hard to know that, especially like in places where you grew up, like I don't know if that mentality of like passive income or making things that can exist longer than you really is instilled early on. Like, I think it's more common now, and then especially in different communities. If you grow up in a more affluent community, that idea is much more prevalent. But if you grow up in maybe not as good a neighborhood, the idea of, like, building something that makes money after you're gone is not top of mind. It's always like, what can I get today? How do I, how do I survive right now? Sure. And to try to teach people that, I think, is really valuable. Yeah, even, like, you know, we talk about, like, even, like, credit, right? You know, you think about this. When I was growing up, my parents were like, you don't get credit, you're going to get in debt, don't do it. Wow. So I didn't do it. Talking you out of building credit. Yeah, because a lot of the time was cash. You know, think about this, man. And I'm not afraid to sit here and say this about myself. Meaning, I remember when I was young, I had like, I don't know, I was hustling. I may have had like $5,732. I would carry it everywhere I went. I would be in the fucking bagel store with like three girls. I'm like, how much is that? My fuck. People are like me, you know, and they're looking at me like, you know, wow. Yeah. But that was everything I had. Yeah. 
you know, I don't even, I got to go to ATM to pull out cash. Yeah, you know, right. I don't even carry cash like that anymore. Yeah, but you unlearned that behavior. You got out of it. I actually put my daughter on my credit card when I was 16, when she was 16 years old. That's amazing to build she, up her she credit. She has more credit now. She has like a 780, 790. The funny thing is one day she called me. She's like, oh, dad, is my credit fake? I'm like, why would it be fake? She's like, well, my friends don't understand why I have such a... I said, well, tell them to thank your pop. <laughs> but I'm saying that's the things to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning. Yeah. Right? Even though I'm teaching, mm -hmm. I'm still learning. Like, I'll give an example. Learning about being a freelancer. Like, I don't even know if this is a thing anymore, but I learned from a friend that if you have like a 6,000 pound car you could write it off yeah, yeah, yeah. Like i didn't the, even know that the g-wagon thing you know, or, the, yeah. or like an m model x tesla yeah. certain ones that are that but what i'm saying is learn this this is why even having these type of conversations are so important because you get to go behind the the life right mm -hmm. and the trials and tribulations and 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 if i were to learn some of the things that i'm spitting today I would have been so much better off. Yeah. I one thing I never really made until later on in my life, and I'm still trying to continue to make it, is money. I have been involved in some of the most amazing things with no money. Mm. Like podcasting was early, there wasn't a lot of money in it. Yeah, you were so sneakers, early to everything. Yeah. Sneakers, sneakers. People used to look at us, we were collecting, they're like, <laughs> You have fifteen pairs of shoes. Yeah. Like and I'm like, yeah, but if I was talking to like a friend or a girl, then I'm like, yeah, but you have 40 bags. Yeah. No, but we don't have like that many. Well, you have 40 shoes. So what I'm saying is looking at the culture of buying one to rock and one to slide. Like, for instance, this, this is brand new. Yeah. Right? Where is this? Like, I put this on today to come here. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, then it goes. I put it when I wear it again another time on a white Air Force. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying. How early were you in the sneaker game? Like, when did you start collecting? I would say, you know, probably I would say I was collecting since Jordan came out, 85. 80, wow. Yeah, I mean, I went, I, there was no line, you know. I, it took a village. I, I've spoken about this before, but it took a village to get a pair of fucking Jordans. It was like 99 or or $100 at a time. My parents were like, excuse me? So for, I, for shoes, $100 yeah, for so shoes? I can, and, and they would never let you get another pair unless that fucking other one was demolished. And when yep. I say demolished, their mindset was like kind of forgetful. I'm like, Ma, I need a new pair of sneakers. I got them last month. That was a year ago. Mm. But what I'm saying is about $99, $100 for a Jordan. Which now is so funny. Like Now that, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Well, 250 But it also, it's hard to even get them. But the point I'm making is, even with how much it was, I had a, I had a paper route. I had uh, I, I bagged groceries at the wall, uh, the wall bombs. People may not know this, but it's like an old school uh, uh, grocery. Um, and so say I put 50 bucks in there and then my aunt Barb gave me 10, uh, my mother gave me 10, my my, my grandmother gave me five. And, and, and I'm saying that's how, like it took a village to people to understand, okay, well here's for your sneakers. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know, yeah. What, what's the grail? What's like the greatest? Sneaker? Jordan one to me, to me, I love the Jordan three, the black cement with Nike air in the back The Jordan four is, you know, amazing. I had these as a kid. And that's what I think a lot of people in our generation that helped build the sneaker culture, they had, they couldn't have these as kids. It was very hard for your parents to be able to, one, afford them, or two, come to grips with buying a sneaker like that. Yeah. So a lot of these people later on became pillars in the community of sneakers or, or collectors because now they could afford it. Yeah. Uh, you know how I many people, when I used to be in retail, had suits on, they, they, was, they, didn't, they grew up the same way I'm talking and on the weekends you would see them pull out and they're like oh okay I see you um, 
you know, it's a it's a more of a way of life now. Right? Yeah. You'll see like CEOs wearing like people you wouldn't, you know, sometimes I see Chris Morrow, I'm like, yo, look at you wearing a nice pair of New Balance. You know what I mean? It's more it's more mindful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's ingrained in the culture Yeah, a lot and it's more. more like kind of like, you may say like, I'm making this up. It's weird that this is like this now, but like, hey, well, somebody like, just go to Fight Club, like buy a pair of Jordan 1s, Supreme. It's become almost an outfit. Yeah. It's kind of almost like... Uh, Back in the day, it was not like no, that. No, no, no. It was more... It was more um, passion and again, even podcasting, thinking about people saying, oh, that's cute. Not thinking that we would be here and people were making real money Build on it. Build an empire. When, or, did you, yeah. when did you start making real money in sneakers? I would say I started making, well, retail is always money in, in retail, but I would say as a freelancer, I started making money. I don't know why this always happens, but I think it's like when you start hosting, like that, I feel like that's an entry level into certain things like hosting an event of course, or hosting this or, and then you're getting good with the brand and, and started to, you know, I would say working on more production stuff was, beyond, you know, behind the scenes is a lot of money, but people want to show their fucking pearly whites, man. Yeah, of course. You know, like, uh, that's why I sat before and I said I felt I could have been bigger. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, damn, I need some money, but the popularity is cool, but I'd rather use my popularity to, like, help people, to right? To blow other people to up. To blow other people up, yeah, because you can make money together. Yeah. You know, and it's more fun that way. Yeah, you know, exactly. I feel like, you know, like, for instance, I got my own sauce, right, my pasta sauce, but I I help and own a, a, a bunch of different, you know, product brands. Um, hot sauce, and I'm working on another spices, and we're doing, like, a cream cheese soon for different companies, different people, different stores. Um, and I'm like, yo, you want a hundred percent of nothing or you want like 20% or 15% of like a bunch. Yeah. Something's coming up. And, and, and also to be involved in, in, in that type of shit. Like, think about it. What you're involved in with flagrant was how I felt with combat, you know, and, and to be involved in like a, a, a startup or be involved in something that you take. Yeah. You know, I seen, listen, I want to say this. I have a friend who had a pickle called Grillo's pickles, mm-hmm. two spears for a dollar. Okay, just think about what I'm saying. He had a wooden pickle cart. This is years ago. Two spares for a dollar, yeah? Most people would never do that, right? Worked, worked hard, worked hard, worked hard. Started going door to door. Wound up getting to Whole Foods, okay? Wound up keep on going. I met, I met him later on through a friend of mine. We wound up doing some cool marketing things together. I mean, he got so many investors, so many things. Anyway, long story short, he sold that for $92 million about two years ago. Yeah, it's The insane. King's Hawaiian's a little bread company. Yeah. But I still want to sit here and say, two spears for a dollar. Yep. That's where it starts. It's a fucking pickle. He's probably in the Cayman Islands right now fucking relaxing. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like- Those little pickles are good though. Yeah. But that's inspiring. Yeah. Right? You know, that's inspiring. And even like, I had him on the show and he was like, wait, you want me to talk on like, like you know, I guess most of those people feel like, yeah, like- Maybe not, not saying they're not worthy, but like, you know, they didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I've had so many people like, yo, this pickle story is crazy. Yeah. You know, even have like stories of Mike's Hot Honey. I don't know if you got pizza with the Mike's Hot of Honey. Course. I mean, this guy's a national brand. Yeah. I Started mean, with just a little, one little sample. Yeah. Trying one little thing out. An idea saying, hey, I want to make some honey. Yeah, to, to, to package that. I guess what I'm saying is throughout your journey, you could have an idea like that. And then maybe your cousin dies or your aunt. Or maybe your wife gets laid off. Or maybe you know, ne- like, do you understand? Like, it, it, so many things could defer your journey. Mm-hmm. That's why I always say, and again, I'm not being corny, to just never stop believing in you, even through the tough times. So many people, 
sometimes you're struggling. People don't realize just because you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're failing. Well, that's why I always tell people, like, I've said this on the show a bunch, but, like, you can't fail unless you quit. Yeah. Like, that's 100% true. Like, quitting, like, failure requires quitting. And if you never quit, you can't fail. One of my biggest mistakes in life was thinking I made mistakes. Mm. So, young, gambling, blew a bunch of money, lost out on opportunities. Basically, almost felt like I was self-sabotaging myself. By doing, selling drugs, doing drugs, gambling, putting myself in situations that I probably, you know, had no business in being in. But I never knew at the time that those weren't mistakes only. If you look at them as lessons. Mm-hmm. If you learn, I'm not, again, I, I only keep on prefacing this, I don't even have to. But I'm saying is, I don't want to sound like a fucking preacher. But I'm saying, if you look at those as lessons, you turn them into fucking blessings. Yeah. I lost about, I remember a while ago, I lost about 100 grand many years ago when I was gambling back then. 100 grand gambling. 100 grand gambling. Easy. Maybe more. I'm talking about when I was younger. Yeah. I had, I had some money. Boom. It was 100 grand. I should have opened up a business. I should have fucking even put that money in a fucking uh, a building in, in, in Williamsburg at the time, which would probably be $4 million right now. Mm-hmm. Point I'm trying to make is for years, I remember even people saying, Pete, you had some money, you, you, you blew your chance. Like, it's over. For years, I wore that on my heart. For years, I was like, holy shit, I'm a fuck up. I messed up. I had an opportunity. No. Use it as a fucking lesson. Now when I go make another hundred. Yeah. And then that and do one. do it right that way. That one you'll put into a business. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is the belief in that is so fucking important. Yeah. But you didn't quit though. I didn't. I if, didn't. If you quit, then you're a failure. Yeah, I didn't. And I'll tell you, you know, you wear your scars throughout your life. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't ever be uh, uh, afraid to show the blemishes. But I, I will say when you don't quit... It gets harder to come back, but you just get back up and you get better. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even starting my own show at the time, the Premium Pete show during the combat, I didn't want to do that. I didn't know if people really wanted to listen to me. I don't know if I, I, you know, in this world, you, you put a tweet out and you're like, oh, you two people like, yo, you got to do it. The people like, yo, internet's want the world, world wants me to do it. And, okay, two people said that. Yeah, but we do it, and if you make something out of it, you know, you just keep on going with it. You know, how think, deep are you still in the sneaker game? Sneaker game, still, I, 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 I still love it. I still am so knowledgeable about it. I still love it so much. Because you had some crazy clients back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had so many people throughout the, the years. Selling sneakers like Drake and Drake, shit? Drake. Uh, what happened with that? How did you sell sneakers to Drake? Well, Drake Drake used to, he loved Red Wings. Uh, we had a lot of similar friends. Um, I'll tell you, to see that kid's journey, I remember he came to the store. He was by himself. I brought him across the street, pulled out some gems for him, took care of him. Next time he came back, it was like fucking two security guards. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Next time he came back, I had to close the store for him. Wow. I mean, one of the biggest come up. I'm seeing a lot of people come up, you know, a lot of people. Um, honestly, it's fucking amazing. And I mean, you'll see this too throughout your journey. Like you'll see, like you saw like Andrew's journey is fucking, yes. no way they're over, but Insane. I mean, come on. It's just inspiring to see, you know, uh, things like that, you know, even, 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 even the network, you know, think about it. Like there's so many networks today, but you think about it, like. Even the way loudspeakers was created, right? You know, it was a house to help people build, right? You know, they never took the car, the title, anything. Yeah. You know, now like you go on networks, people they they, they want they want your they want your DNA. Hold you down, you know, your yeah. IP. Yeah, and you turn around. And that's another thing we got to say. Are we talking to creatives still? Are we talking to them? Get yourself a lawyer. You know, 
fucking people want to do contract. I don't give a fuck if it's 10,000, 15,000, spend a thousand on a lawyer. So you don't see what, or something because a lot of people who do contracts and look at it themselves. Let me tell you, you get words in there. I've seen they're trying to take people's, the camp, they want that you can never use that name for another 10 years. So your contract's only for two and then you can't use it for, I, I got to change it to the camp NYC. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, what I'm saying is treat yourself to any creatives out there, treat yourself as a business, as an, as an IP, mm-hmm. as your own brand, right? You know, there's Mark who likes to wear thermals at night, but then there's Mark who does this, this, and this, and treat yourself like that. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know, it's 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 just you know surrounding yourself around things like that, and you'll see more people's journey. But what I'm saying is, when we get back to Andrew, what I'm saying, you see in his journey, I seen a lot of people's journey, and they inspire me. That's all I'm saying. They inspire me to want to to see them do more, to to know that there is more possible. Mm-hmm. You what know? do you think's next for the premium P journey? Wow. You know, well, you know, I was trying my, my hand in acting. Yeah, yeah, but, that, but that to movie be on- sounds sick. Yeah, yeah, but to be honest with you, acting too is such, you have to perfect your craft because if you're going for money, you know, keep in mind, people see people get like a TV show. You may have a friend that gets on Food Network. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you're doing it big. Me and you know, maybe it's only 5,000 an episode. And it's 10 episodes, 50,000. It's not going to change his life. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it hurts people in the sense of being creative because the money doesn't match the look. Yep. So when you have money and you're able to then pursue your crafts, that's even a better way. Yeah. But people want more access. People don't realize relationships are worth the money not only money i've done more things i never really had a lot of money i've done more things without money you know i remember my father telling me too when he was in wall street he'll be hanging out with people and he was just struggling to get by and they're like well angelo uh i'm getting my boat done this weekend what i'm doing i'm doing a mahogany around the hole and he's like yeah wow sounds good and like you know he's like hoping he can make his mortgage yeah and i related to him so i guess what i'm saying is what's next for premium Pete is, is, is more is just continuing to help, um, the industry of, you know, sneakers, podcasting, uh, continue, you know, I have a life gem series that I do that I want people to take with them little mentorship kind of bite size episodes. Um, I guess I just want to continue to help people be better parents, you know, more insightful, you know, more, you know, and just keep on building more brands. I want to, I want to, I want to get into more food products. I want to, I want to, I want to relax in my later years. Yeah. You know, you spoke earlier about your immigrant friends and I, I relate to you so much. What is this world we live in? Like you want to work till you're 65, 70, you retire, you got like 10 years, maybe yeah. 10 years to 80. What's the point? You know what I mean? And I want to say another thing before we get out of here, recharging is so important, right? You know, a lot of people want to put their pedal to the metal and I get it, but I'm here to tell you, Mark, you have a great year. Fine, you know, I remember times where like Combat Jack show, I wouldn't miss for nothing. Cause you know, maybe you miss flavor and you come back next thing you know, Dove is in your place. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. That's why you build something to make while you sleep, mm-hmm. while you continue to do that. Because you know, what I'm saying is, 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 is giving yourself a chance to recharge, to be more creative. 
And whatever that is, some whatever money people have, that could mean going just a quick uh, upstate or a quick little in the suburbs type of thing or day out, or it could mean going to Cancun by yourself or with, you, with your wife. Because I feel when you get away and you recharge your brain and you get that, whether you like sun or you get anything in you, you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this for Andrew. I'm going to come back. I got an idea with the camp. I spoke to this. It's fucking, that's what that does. Because during the other time, it's, yeah. it's so much. Yeah, you can't see the big picture when you're so inside it. It's so much. And, you know, I, 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 even like right now, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm scared to check my phone. I haven't touched my phone in whatever, an hour and whatever. It doesn't stop. Yeah. So recharge. And also, if Tony Soprano went to therapy, anybody can. You know, when I grew up, they used to fucking make fun of that shit. And I'm here to tell you, you know, think about it. I grew up, again, I want to go back to my parents. I love them so much. I do. I love them. But I remember times, and this is a lot of parents, they would say, you're crying? I'll give you something to cry about. So that taught you to hold it in. Push it down. Right? So that didn't teach you to let it out. You know, even like, what's his name? The UFC fighter, Patty, what's his name? Oh, Patty the Batty. Yeah, I mean, this guy lost like a friend. He was on there talking about that shit. Like, if you got something going on or whatever. Talk to someone. Like, yo, that clip was so fucking amazing. Because he's like, yo, the weight, the weight of the world on your shoulders, like, you know, a lot of people don't know how to deal with that. So what I'm saying is stop comparing, start creating, never ever stop believing in you. Um, take time to recharge, check on your loved ones, even your strong friends. Uh, if you have a mom and dad, remember, or, or anyone you love as they're getting older, so are we. Um, and at the end of the day, too, don't be a hater. You know, just continue to grow with people and you know um you don't like something go create it the way you like it you know that's how i look at it and i will say um right now i'm living so special you know having to my kids i got a a older daughter youngest son every moment i get to spend with them it it just shows me that life is is pure and i want to and whatever i'll give it back to you but going back to where we said um there's a ticker on life you could expire anytime. Why not, uh, you know, I have more of a passion now for service workers. Think about it. Somebody comes and gives you, uh, uh, we go out to eat, me and you. We give them 20%. Sometimes we give them 25%. But then somebody is doing a pedicure and they're scrubbing your feet. You know, I give them more money now. Ever since COVID, like my mind, I love service people. My son has like a, he's part of baseball. There's like five coaches. They're awesome. Yeah. They're not, they're not making no fucking money. My son's up to bat. They're pulling his elbow up. No, no, stop. Come back this way. Like every time I appreciate you. Hey guys. Hey, they love sunflower seeds. I bring them sunflower seeds. He's a grown man, my age. But I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm at a point where I'm realizing like, like even as a Brooklyn kid, because sometimes you could be looked at like you come off, you know, well, hey, what the fuck are you looking at with this? That? And I could be that guy, but I've changed my mindset more of an appreciative, kind of thankful. Um, even though I don't have everything I, I, you know, that I want, I know I have what I need, and I'm just saying, like, yo, you appreciate people, and you know, that's it. But I will say, don't look for you in people, and don't take everything so personal. Yeah. I probably would have been way more successful if I didn't take everything personal, but I keep it real. <laughs> I keep it real. Wise know? words from Premium Pete. Hey, listen, the camp. Mark, thanks for having me on. I, mean, I don't so want much, to take brother. over your show. I'm giving it back to you. No, so you man. tell me. Thank, what... you, thank you so much for blessing the show, having a podcast OG, fucking yep. coming through and laying it down. I appreciate the wisdom. And uh, I'm realizing 
you might be one of the wealthiest men I've ever met. Because <laughs> you're rich in life. Yeah. Don't don't only think about paper. Yeah. A lot of people want to know how much money someone makes. Go look at the Google. Network. You know how many times you look at somebody's name, you'll see up network. Yeah. Like if you Google next to, you know, Andrew Schultz, you'll probably see like, you know, uh, something funny, but I'm making a joke, but I'm saying there is net worth on everyone. Everybody wants to know how much someone makes. And some people are so poor, all they have is money. Yeah. Currency. Time is the biggest currency in the world. Well, let's, so. let's go do it, baby. Yeah. Appreciate blessings, you, man. Blessings to uh, the camp. Bro, thank you so much, bro. Blessings. This is awesome, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. Likewise. Premium Pete.